0: Thank you Jesus Yes Lord Only you can still My soul First, this beautiful morning Lord I say good morning Father Good morning Jesus Good morning precious Holy Spirit Thank you, Father, for bringing me again into your presence. Thank you for the grace to worship you again this morning to magnify the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, to magnify the God who is the Ancient of Days, who is from everlasting To everlasting lord you will live forever you will at leave everything that exists all that will exist we give you all the glory and praise precious lord you are the one who fights our battles scripture calls you god almighty yes lord you are almighty you are all powerful. We give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because in you we move, in you we live, and in you we have our being. Lord, in you everything consists in the universe. Scripture calls you the God of all flesh, the Father of spirits, I give you glory again this morning, precious Lord, be glorified forevermore, in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence to read our Bibles again this morning, we ask, Lord, that you will speak to us again, grant us wisdom and understanding in your word, and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eienike. We continue our reading, commentary and study of the New Testament. We are now in the book of Mark. A big thank you to everyone joining in again this morning. Thank you for taking our time to read your Bible again. A big thank you, especially to those who are joining us for the first time. If you are here reading or listening to this podcast for the first time, I want to say thank you and God bless you. Thank you for taking out time to learn in God's presence and I pray that the Lord will satisfy your thirst for his word in the name of Jesus. Uh, we continue our reading. Yesterday we took Mark chapter 1, we took Mark chapter 2 and 3 today. Uh, the podcast simply seeks to um, just make reading the word of God much simpler and then explains, explains the Bible. All right. Back chapter 2, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. The news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed. Remember all that came to him, Jesus healed. <laughs> So when he returned back to Capernaum and they had, hey, the news spread quickly that he was back. He was back home. So soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So, like I said... Now, Jesus really, Jesus healed a lot of people. In fact, we have that record in all the gospel. But Jesus did not neglect teaching. Yes, did not neglect teaching the people the word of God. He didn't just come to heal. He came to give them A different perspective to their understanding. At this point, Israel are totally turned away from God, almost in an apostate state. I'm telling you, literally, for the nation of Israel, the entire nation of Israel. So Jesus was here confronting them, confronting their understanding of the Word of God. So here He says that while He was preaching God's word to them four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and these were you call them five friends okay um somehow the paralyzed man had these friends because when you read the the parallels in the other gospel you realize that they were his friends they wanted to bring him in there was no room through the doors so <laughs> they went on the roof <laughs> Verse 4 said they couldn't bring him in to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Imagine that was Jesus' household. Hey, hey. They dug a hole. They, that was they removed whatever was the covering for the roof. They dug a roof a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus seeing their faith Jesus said to the paralyzed man my child your sins are forgiven now so much to unpack here first of all what I see with these guys I see their desperation right yes we see that desperation they are trying to bring in their friend so many people are coming to Jesus to be healed and all that they're trying to bring in this guy but it's not easy because they are carrying him on a stretcher they're carrying him on a stretcher okay so it wasn't easy when they realized that he was not going to work you know um, trying to get in through the windows or door they decided to go through the roof imagine what everybody would have felt like watching these guys climbing to the top of the roof and then getting there began to remove uh, Uh, the roofing plates or sheets or whatever was on the top maybe uh it would have been detached roof roof they were they started removing that and i'm sure jesus would have had to stop teaching right Uh would have had to stop teaching wondering what's going on here and then uh, eventually he sees that they lower down this man okay that is paralyzed now if it were you what would your words have been? Okay, so, maybe not address seeing their faith would have been Jesus addressing what the friends were doing, right? Because Jesus saw their desperation as faith. Yes, faith can come across as desperation, desperate for the word of God. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, shouldn't what Jesus said to the paralyzed man be, get up from your bed or what do you think i would have thought that that's that's the problem the problem is that he is paralyzed so why don't you heal him but jesus said my child your sins are forgiven and i think jesus is making clear to us what the real problem was the problem was not his para- paralysis the problem was sin in his life but some verse 6 is some but some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. I don't know who invited them, but of course, from right, this is Mark chapter 2, right from the bath, they already were contending with Jesus. What, What is he saying? That is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. This is one of the things that Jesus did that made them okay. kill him because... Only God can forgive sins. And if this man is healed, it means that his sins were forgiven. Who forgave his sin? Jesus. So Jesus forgave sin. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, verse 8. So he asked them, What do you why do you question this in your heart? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? What do you think? Which one is easier? It's, of course it is easier to just say to the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You know, nobody knows whether the sins are forgiven anyway, right? <laughs> the, you would have thought that the other one is to say that walk. Because then you would need proof for that one, right? <laughs> But to Jesus, Jesus is for me. Jesus is telling us the main issue here is the sin, and the other one is sin because no one, at least in their lifetime, they would have they would have probably seen a few miracles of so people walking. Yes, people walking. Elijah, Elisha, several people in the in the Bible did miracles. Okay, so many of them would have read could have read about men doing miracles before but no one has ever read you read before that somebody a human being forgives sin so the other one is to forgive sin (laughs) so jesus said what do you think is it easier to say to the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven or stand up pick up your mat and walk So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. In other words, the sins have been forgiven. Jesus is saying, so let me prove to you that the sins have been forgiven. Because if the sins have not been forgiven, then he should not receive his healing. Why? Why? God does not answer sinners. So, if Jesus was blaspheming, then God would not have answered his prayers. Okay? Or he could not have given that authority. He could not have given him that authority. He could not have, Jesus himself could not have given that command. But this proves that Jesus could forgive sin, even when he was on earth. Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat. And walked out through the stunned through the stunned onlookers. Imagine if you were in the crowd. Wow, that's what Mia would have shouted. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this, like this before. And I'm telling you, this is going to be the grounds for which they will begin and start trying to kill Jesus. Because for the first time in the history of mankind, they are witnessing a man that is claiming to be God, the Son of God. Hallelujah. Next, Jesus calls Levi. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore, went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alpheus, sitting at his tax collector's boots follow me and be my disciple jesus said to him so levi got up and followed him levi is the same person as matthew right so matthew the son of apheus or levi the son of apheus later le- later levi invited jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disruptive reputable sinners there were many people of this kind among Jesus's followers. You see that disreputable <laughs> sinners. There were many, many people of this kind among Jesus's followers. I'm telling you, most of us would not have joined the Jesus gang if we lived in His day. We would not have joined this crowd because in his crowd were task collectors. Wine bibers, prostitutes, those the society had given up on. <laughs> See, there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? What right do they have to call anybody scum or with such sinners? Sincerely, yeah, The worst tax collector, the worst sinners during doing Jesus' time were tax collectors. Eh? Because they collected tax on behalf of the Roman government. And the Roman government was did uh, not have that. They were the world power of that time. So they were spread out thinly. And, and, and that allowed those who collected tax to really take advantage of the people. 17 says that when Jesus had this, he told them, because they were asking why was he eating with such scum. he told them elder people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Jesus came to call those who know they are sinners. Sadly or funny, I know I am a sinner. So I am one of those Jesus came to save. I know there are many who say they are righteous, they don't need Jesus in their life. God bless you. I need Jesus in my own life. Verse 18, once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskin, for the wine would bust the wineskin, and the wine and the skin would both be lost. New wine calls new wine skin listen this morning new wine calls for new wine skin what Jesus is giving us is new wine our relationship with the Holy Spirit is new wine it calls for new wine skin it calls for a a new heart a heart that is testing after God not this heart, the heart of the Pharisees that questions everything God wants to do now let's look at a discussion about the Sabbath. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? These guys were always just looking for something. How do you call that harvesting grain? When people want to harvest grain, they have bags with them. okay? And you don't just go into somebody's f- <laughs> grain fields. And begin to harvest their grains. It's not their field, but then in the nation of Israel, okay, so you you are allowed to you could walk into anybody's farm, any into anybody's grain field, and as long as you take what you you just want to eat, you are allowed to. It wasn't called really harvesting. It's it was meant you know to to ensure that the poor had had something to eat. That was why Moses gave them that law. But here they were accusing the disciples of harvesting grain. Hey, Jesus said to them, hmm? remember, they say, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when abiatar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some, he broke the law further by giving some to his companion. Uh-huh. So, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the needs, to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even the, the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. Now, what is Jesus telling them here, God did not give them those lords to bind them like shackles so that they can't move. That's not the purpose of the law. Even for the Sabbath, the Sabbath that God gave them, the Sabbath was not to bind people. It was to set them free. It was to help, help the needy. It was to spend time in the presence of God. But even if that were the case, Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on to chapter 3. Here, yeah, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. And sometimes I thought Jesus was just always looking for these people's trouble because <laughs> he just fought over the, over the Sabbath. Now he's healing on the Sabbath again. Jesus went into Mark chapter 3 verse 1, verse 1. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they plan to accuse him of walking on the Sabbath. When they say accuse him, they plan to go and bring their own. So they have these soldiers different from from the the Roman soldiers. Okay. So they were soldiers that like kept the peace and and they focused on on the law. When you broke the law, they were the ones that you dealt with. They planned to accuse him, possibly arrest him. Verse 3, Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? If you had the opportunity to save life on the Sabbath, would you refrain saying that it is the Sabbath, I'm not allowed to walk if your child fell into a ditch, would you walk away and say, It is not, it is the Sabbath day, I'm not allowed to walk? That's not, that was not the purpose of the Sabbath. Jesus said, Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they they, they wouldn't answer him. They not, so I don't know why they used wouldn't. They couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't, they wouldn't answer him. What would they say? What would they say? That that yes, that you can leave the child in the dish because it is Sabbath day. They couldn't. They wouldn't even leave an animal in the dish. Not not talk of a human being. He looked. He looked around. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, "Hold out your hand." So the man. The man held out his hand and it was restored i don't know about you me i like this kind of work i pray that god will empower me to be doing this kind of work every day eh? when all i just have to say in all jesus said the work that they are accusing him of was that he told the man to hold out his hand that's all and as soon as the man held out his hand the bible says so the man held out his hand and it was restored Ah, lord bless us with this kind of work In the the mighty name of Jesus. At once, verse 6, the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill him. To plot how to kill Jesus. Okay? Herod would have been like the governor over over the city or over the town so they would have had their own village, their own soldiers let's look at the crowds that followed jesus jesus went out to the lake with his disciples from verse 7 and a large crowd followed him they came from all over galilee judea jerusalem idumea from the east of the jordan river and even from as far north as tyre and sidon uh, the news about his miracles had spread far and wide And vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits, those possessed by unclean spirits, evil spirits caught sight of him, they didn't have to touch him, they simply caught sight of him. The spirit would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God. But Jesus sternly commanded the spirit not to reveal who he was. After that, death, Jesus chooses, um, or chooses, and of course sends out the twelve his twelve apostles. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. He called them out. From among his disciples. So here you would have had people like Nathaniel, Philip, uh Barnabas, you would have had them, Matthias, you would have had them already here. He called out the ones he wanted to go with him and they came to him. So at this time, Judas, eh, because it was clear to anybody watching, okay, that these were like the most faithful, the most zealous of his disciples. Then he appointed. 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the the 12 he chose. Simon whom he he, he named Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed them sons of Thunder or Bohanages. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot. Somebody would have said, I didn't see, oh, okay, I didn't see, yes, Judas is there. Judas is, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Let's look at this Jesus and the Prince of Demons, if we can take that. Or let's extend, let's extend our reading by a few a few minutes this morning. Alright. Yes, Jesus and the Prince of Demons. One time Jesus entered a house and the crowd began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. Uh, he's out of his mind, they said. His own family is uh, out of his mind. I'm talking about Jude. I'm talking about James. <laughs> his brothers. His brothers. I'm talking about, about Joseph, but the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said he, possess, he is possessed by Satan, he is possessed by Satan, obeys the prince of demon. That's where he gets the power to cast out demon. Hmm? Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan? He asked. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? (laughs) How can he stand? He would never survive. Let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. In other words, I am stronger. That is why I am able to plunder his goods. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. I pray this morning you will never commit such sins in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus said their accusation, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, is a sin with eternal consequences. Verse 30 says he told them this because they were saying, he is possessed by an evil spirit. 31, then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. He stood outside and sent words for him to come out and talk with them. Uh, there was a crowd sitting around Jesus and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and and brothers anyone who does god's will is my mother is my brother my and sister and mother so my first question are you a brother of jesus a sister or mother okay let me not call you father of jesus (laughs) yes jesus said whoever anyone who does god's will you see the reason why we call ourselves brothers brother murphy Sister Beju, Sister Tolu. You see the reason why? It's because we are one family. But big lessons here. Let's learn. Jesus said, don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Oh. It is a sin with eternal consequences. Also, we learn that look to cast out a demon, you have to be more powerful. You have to be stronger. And we are stronger not in strength. We are only stronger by name. And we are because we are now part of another family We carry authority in the name of Jesus And because we are able to speak in his name Demons obey us Lastly, remember what the Sabbath day is for The Sabbath day is not, it was not made for man you know, to, to, to do evil to man Or to look at evil being done to man The Sabbath day was given to us To help each other Hallelujah. Yes, to heal the sick, to help those who are oppressed. I pray this morning, Lord, give us a a, a clear understanding of your word. Help us be doers of these words in the mighty name of Jesus as we live by these words. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, you will help us to be grounded in the word. In the name of Jesus Father we say thank you I pray for someone who lacks faith this morning That Lord you will strengthen their faith You will give them courage Courage to stand for the word of God In the mighty name of Jesus Father we say thank you We give you all the praise In Jesus mighty name we pray Amen Alright thank you so much for listening today God bless you Enjoy your day